and this is a short intro, I had meant to put this podcast up on May 4th, which was a Friday, and I think I allude to that in one part of this podcast that was recorded early. Uh, unfortunately, the podcast didn't get, the the last review on the downloadable games uh, didn't get done in time, so it instead of uploading it without it, which I allude to throughout the podcast, I decided to finish it, and then this podcast will go up uh, Sunday evening, as opposed to uh, Friday, so you'll get it on Monday. Just want to let it, let everybody know about that. Hello, welcome to show number 23 of the Online Gaming Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Devine. Okay, let's get right into the news. Uh, ACTS on April 19th announced Shifting Sands module, the first uh, featured custom module. Um, the author says, many thanks to Anthony Daw for his patience in working through many iterations of the new custom module code while he's putting it together. If you're wondering, hey, how can my custom module become a featured module? Well, right now the process is pretty much you email me, I look it over, and if it looks like a module of great interest and of high polish level, I make it a featured module. So if you're uh, making some custom modules, um, uh, email the, uh, the guy who runs ACTS, and maybe you can get a featured module, and, and in fact, maybe even uh, help the entire community. So what do we have? Uh, yeah, Shifting Sands right down there as a custom module. So that looks good. And in fact, a uh, number of games have been played. 59 current games of Shifting Sands since it's been announced looked like it looks like it was a pretty popular uh, module in fact so that's kind of cool kind of cool so the custom modules are really getting uh, getting going looks like there are a few out there 1776 conquistador great war at sea paths of glory 2 uh, shifting sands Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition with the Shattered Empires expansion by Fantasy Flight Games and Titan Tournament. Now I know I've been contacted about the Titan Tournament game, but and it looks like it's for tracking the Titan Tournament, not for actually playing the Titan games. Interesting. Shifting Sands is the only module that has a significant number of games being played. Um, as for the other ones, one game here or there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if more custom modules come about. And that's over at acts.warhorsesim.com. Over at e-boardgames.com, they've updated the look of their waiting list um, and set it with regular games or regular games. Everything is done with drop-down boxes now, which is really kind of nifty. Um, you can look at 
who's joined just by dropping down the boxes and it has all a cleaner look I guess you could say than I've seen before and if uh, looking around some of the you can actually see who some of the more uh, popular players are Dave Hooten quite a number of uh, games that he's joined in on definitely an 18xx player railway rivals age of steam uh, so I mean they've got the players that are needed to uh, to play games I announced uh, Asobrain had a new game, Brainiac. Uh, they've had to take that down because it too closely resembled another game that they've asked uh, not to be mentioned, but if you actually went to Asobrain and played it, you'd probably be able to figure out what that other game was. Ludaholic has upgraded their Erlan fixed one of the uh, bugs with the turbo gene uh, it did it was not allowing you to move multiple ictos from one ocean to another so uh, that is now correctly working there's no more information on any of the games that they're currently developing MobbyWeb.com has a new game ready for testing, Krita, by Steven Dora. Uh, it's in closed testing. Uh, volunteers for beta testing can join the games using the password FORT. English rules can be found on BoardGameGeek. Please post comments and suggestions in the Krita forum. Um, it's possible, uh, I'm reading the uh, post right now. Uh, waiting for more to be finished. How goes the testing? All good, few, still few games completed. Uh, Mobby will be uh, away for a little while, so the release will probably be around May 12th or the 13th. But it looks pretty stable. If you want to go over there and test it, I'm sure there might be some games available. I'm not sure. Um, so you just have to check the game manager over at Mobby Web and see if you can get in on the the test games that Mobby has created. You can't create any of your own right now um, until he releases it to open beta, which, as he said, should be within a week or two. Goldtoken.com. It's the beginning of the month. Guess what time it is over there? It's time for their monthly newsletter. Uh, in their monthly newsletter, they announce... The Gold Token Gathering, June 23rd at Jersey City. So if you uh, <laughs> are a Gold Token player, uh, let them know that you'd like to meet up with them, and they'll, they'll book it. Sounds really cool. 
over at the vasselengine.org. Couple new modules, Dawn Patrol version 1.1 released. A new version of this popular World War I aerial combat game is available now. It includes loads of new aircraft counters, as well as minor bug fixes and gameplay enhancements. If you're a player and are looking for opponents, head on over to IndieSquadron.com. There you'll find all the latest news about Dawn Patrol and be able to grow, join the growing community of Vassal Dawn Patrol players in the forums. Grave Armor version 0.1, the first release of the Grav Armor, or Grave Armor, I'm not sure, might be a misprint, by Dwarf Star Games module is out. The uses of This uses the remasters counters and the original maps for the game. Combat Commander 1.5, the module has been upgraded to 1.5, available from the GMT website. Those are the VassalEngine.org updates. Over at WarGameRoom.com, they've updated Europe Engulfed to 9.5, CNC Ancients to 2.0, Paths of Glory to 6.1, Twilight Struggle to 2.61, um, and that's all they've done over there, but that's quite a number of enhancements. Uplay.it, you play it, has had a significant update to Wooden Ships and Iron Men beta test. Uh, the post reads, we updated the Wooden Ships and Iron Men game engine. It is still in beta, but a lot of new features are now available. Added history. You can now backtrack in time and see the situation of the game in every turn for finished and active games. Added smoke icons to show which broadside had fired black smoke and which one you are going to reload, gray smoke. Changed the statistic page, now similar to the main site ones. Added icons in the event log. We have also restricted, we also have a restricted beta test for the basic rules version of the game. Here is a list of basic rules that are not in the simplified version. Drifting. Whenever the bow hex of a ship does not change or is not plotted to change for two consecutive movement execution phases, during the second phase the ship will drift one hex in the direction the wind is blowing. Grappling. Any ship that occupies a hex adjacent to a hex occupied by another ship, friendly or unfriendly, fouled or unfouled, may attempt to grapple. Grappled ships can start melee. Boarding parties. Ships which have been fouled or successfully grappled may form boarding parties if desired. These parties may attempt to take over an enemy ship or defend against a takeover in the melee phase, or they can be moved between two friendly ships. Melee. Boarding parties may attempt to capture opposing ships or defend themselves. Ship capture. Ships that lose in the melee phase or does not have defending crew can be captured by enemy boarding parties. Uh, they suggest you try it out and tell them what you think. Well, that's some nice enhancements. I was hoping that they would continue the development of wooden ships and iron men to go beyond the simplified version they had online. And I see that they have. That's actually all the news um, that I have 
for this time period. Hopefully the news for the next online gaming podcast will be longer, uh, mainly because the next online gaming podcast will be a significant uh, time from today. I'm going on vacation, so while this podcast is going up, um, if everything goes right, this podcast will go online May 4th as opposed to May 7th, because I'm, um, I, I'm busy on the 7th. I won't be able to put it up, so I'm going to put it up early. But I probably will not have another podcast ready until June 4th because of vacation and my son's birthday and all kinds of other things like that that... The next podcast will be, well, if I'm saying June 4th, that's a month from now. So there should be a lot of updates, but I'm going to give you a extra packed um, podcast this week. I know you just listened to the news and now I'm doing the summary, but uh, I've got uh, multiple reviews. I've got two play-by-websites that I'm going to review and I'm going to do some reviews of some downloadable games I had mentioned before that I wanted to touch on the downloadable games I'll tack that review actually on to the end because I know that some people are just coming on want to listen to the board game stuff when I start diverging off into the uh, kind of video games uh, they become a bit disinterested um, so I'll tack that on the end. I'll let you know when it's coming up. And if you just want to stop the podcast, then you don't have to listen to the whole thing. But uh, it gives you a little bit of a insight into where I'm coming from when I review games. And so, you know, if you just decide to leave it on, it's probably going to be a good listen. So uh, we're going to take a short break, as we always do, between the news and the reviews. And when we come back, I will be reviewing uh, the site mastermoves.eu. And after I review that, I will review um, the play-by-web version of Mr. Jack, which was just released by uh, balloondi.de. And then I will do a review of some downloadable, uh, I guess you call them mini games. They're not board games. They're not uh, uh, traditional video games. And they all have an online aspect in the fact that they are only, they are distributed through websites, and that's the only way you can get them traditionally. They're not available in stores. Okay. I'll be right back with the review. This podcast is proudly listed on podcastpickle.com with more features for podcasters and listeners. Truly the best podcasting directory on the internet. Here's the top 10 reasons to listen to The Dice Tower, a podcast all about board games. Number 10, 
If you're listening to this, then you probably dig top ten lists, and there's one in every episode. Number nine, it's way edgier than NPR. Number eight, you don't want to be the last person in your gaming group to know about Moritz Eggert and Rick Thornquist's gaming news. Number seven, Tom's soothing voice has been proven to lower stress levels in lab monkeys by 63%. Number six, you can never have too many contributors, and the Dice Tower features at least five every week. Number five, it's the only way to find out whether Tom Vassell is really that positive. Number four, you can feel like a globetrotter without having to actually fly to Korea. Number three, unlike your favorite TV show, you can count on a new episode every week. Number two, you can say we're there at the beginning after it becomes a massive global phenomenon. And number one reason to listen to the Dice Tower, you'll finally be able to put a voice to those 4,921 game reviews you read online. So come out and join us at www.thedicetower.com and listen to our weekly episode of The Dice Tower. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Ed Greenwood, creator of the Forgotten Realms, and this is the Gaming Podcast Network. Okay, well, the first website I want to review is mastermoves.eu. This is a relatively new website uh, for a couple play-by-web games. And it's... Let's see, how do I want to refer to it? Um, It's... Not the best-looking website I've seen. It's got a yellow background, a kind of muted yellow background. It's it's getting a little bit better. They just redesigned it a little. Uh, better menus. The background is now a kind of a patterned yellow. I don't know. It's just the yellow and red. It uh, it's a bit garish. I don't necessarily mean that that it's bad. It's just when you look at it compared to other sites, you kind of it kind of stands out from a crowd, if you know what I mean. But you know, looks excuse me, looks aren't everything, and so uh, might as well just get to the games. They have uh, five games available: Street Soccer, Eight Cities. Land of Lakes, Territories, and Floriado. They're all relatively basic games, but that doesn't mean that they're not fun. When you click on the All Games list, you can bring up each one of the games and take a look, and they have the quick rules down at the bottom in English. So all the rules are right there. Um, And then they'll show you a waiting room for the games, if there is, uh, if there are any games outstanding for each game, you can also go to the waiting room, and it will show you all of the games uh, that are awaiting players, and you can also start a game there. The options for starting different games is is who starts the game. I start, opponent start, random start. You can add a comment. Right now, I have not seen password protected games. They also have a link to tournaments. You can register for tournaments in each one of the games. The tournaments are the Pyramid, Championship of the Day, and either Competition 2 or Competition 3 for each one. 
I have not entered into any of those tournaments, so I'm not sure how they uh, work out, but they seem to have a number of players. They get matched up, uh, and they play, and then determine on uh, their scores and how many wins. Uh, they get points. person with the most points uh, wins uh, the tournament. And it seems to be, like I said, a nice little matching scheme. Uh, it looks like it works pretty well. Um, and I think the tournament just keeps running. Um, and I believe you can just register in. Yeah, I just registered myself for a Land of Lakes comp uh, competition. Uh, what is the competition? Okay. Here's a description. The competition is an ongoing tournament in which players play in groups against each other, trying to get to the top and become the ultimate winner. The competition consists of a number of levels. At each level, one or more groups of at the most 11 players exist. The highest level, there's one group. At level 2, there are two groups. At level 3, four groups. At level 4, eight groups. All players in the same group play a round robin against each other, so one game against each opponent. When all games are finished, the winner and runner-up of a group move up to the level above, while the four players finishing at the bottom move down a level. Three days after all the games in the competition are finished, a new competition will start automatically. All players registered to the old competition will play automatically in the new one, as well as players who registered while the old competition was running. New players always join at the lowest level available. So that's kind of a nice way to continuously play games. I'm going to set myself up and register for a couple of these competitions instead of playing pickup games. I'm just going to register myself for the different competitions. Ah, this is interesting. I registered for three tournaments, and I got a note saying you have reached the maximum number of tournaments you are allowed to play. If you would like to play in more tournaments, consider upgrading to mastermoves.eu master or mastermoves.eu grandmaster. Ah, so it seems they do have a little bit of a fee structure. So let's check that out. Uh, so you agree with us that Master Moves is a great site and you'll love to spend more time here. Okay. A normal user is allowed 40 max moves per day. They're allowed 10 non-tournament games and 3 tournaments. A Master is allowed 20 moves per day, 50 non-tournament games, and participation in 15 tournaments. That cost is 19 euros per year. Uh, and the Grand Master, which allows unlimited moves, unlimited non-tournament games, and 50 tournaments, is 39 euros per year. Uh, however, if you are paying through PayPal, it's 20 euros and 40, 40, uh, point, 40 euros and 70 cents, I guess. I don't know what the transfer rate between those and uh, American dollars would be. Um, it's a little bit more expensive with PayPal because 
they say because of the fees these company char companies charge, the price is a little higher. They also use money bookers as well as PayPal. Uh, you can also pay an extra five euros a year, and you won't see the advertisement banners. Uh, it's basically Google uh, ads, so I don't see that as being a big deal. Um, I'm going to keep trying it. You can send an invite, email address or login name to a game, and so you can send them an email. You can check your own stats to see what games you're in and how many points you scored and so on when you start a game you get a number and I just started a game of street soccer when I was talking to you before. It uh, asked me. Oh. Forgot to set up a player in the circle. <laughs> That's interesting. Ah, there we go. Okay set up a little game and it, and it puts a little uh, flag next to where what country you're from it looks like I'm playing against an opponent from uh, Japan in street soccer I'm playing a game of land of lakes with uh, I believe that's a French person the different games street soccer street soccer is, is an old old school type game uh, just a second it's 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 kind of an old school uh, game. I, I've seen it at a couple other sites as well. Land of the Lakes uh, is another simple game. It reminds me most of Deluxe Camping, which was available at both Tiju. You place little campers around lakes, and you're trying to get as many as possible next to boating. And also to have some of them connected to each other um, in, a, in, a, in a way. So it's an interesting, uh, another interesting game. And each one of the lakes is numbered, and you want to put your caravan, you have to put your caravan around all, all around the hexes around one before you can do two and three and four and continuing on. But of course, since the hexes touch more than one lake, you can really hit a whole bunch with one uh, one fell swoop. So that's Land of the Lakes. Then there's Territories. Territories is uh, another game that I would put uh, similar to. Actually, this is the game that's more similar to Deluxe Camping. I, uh, Land of the Lakes, I was confused. This game, you, you pick your houses you want. Um, there's eight randomly put on the board and then you start building a wall <laughs> and you have to extend the wall each turn and uh, eventually you'll encompass land area and hopefully your houses have more land area than your opponents but you take turns building the wall so it'll be interesting to see which way that goes 
Floriado is a flower picking game and you want to maneuver your character through the flower patch to pick the most flowers because you get points by how many flowers you pick rather than uh, how many you uh, picked and each tile has a color and a number of flowers up to I think seven or eight of a particular color once you pick uh, for instance I picked seven red flowers on my first turn if I land on a space with six uh, red flowers I can pick those six however if I land on a space with one red flower I can pick the one red flower but then if I land on another space with more red flowers than the least amount I've picked then I will not get I will not be able to pick them so you can only pick flowers in a, in a spot that they are fewer flowers than you've previously picked I know that kind of is hard that to me sounds hard to understand but for example I've picked seven red flowers I'll never be able to pick the eight red flowers um, for the rest of the game that kind of goes to my opponent but if that the if that's all my opponent picks of the red color he won't get any points I, even if he picks the eight red flowers uh, even if he had picked the eight red flowers and the seven red flowers and I picked five four three two one well I've picked more um, of the red flower tiles and that's what matters or tokens rather uh, more of the tokens because it counts the tokens not the total number of flowers uh, the number of flowers on each t token is only useful to know um, uh, what else you can pick up the last game is eight cities eight cities is an interesting game where the object is to connect cities by roads every player takes their turn and they place a road onto the map and uh, and they try to connect up cities with just their roads sometimes you have to be a little bit roundabout with it and you get points for having the most connected cities all very simple games very easy to play and move very quickly one of the things I did notice and I don't know if there's a setting somewhere to do it is to send email um, uh, no I don't see it I, I I expected like an email notification okay here's email notification it's it was set to no so I'm going to set it to yes so I get email notification and a message when the game ends you can also change the font if you want to which I'm going to do you can also change information in street soccer which looks interesting you can set the team shirt to a specific team the keeper 
has a couple options, numbers on the shirts, player names. So something if you really want to go all out with the street soccer, uh, you can set that up. Okay, I've changed it now from Comic Sans to Verdana, which I kind of like better. It's kind of nice that they have some options for setting that up like that. Um, I'm looking at uh, uh, the About page. I wanted to see what was going on there. The people behind Mastermoves.eu are Corne von Morsel, the inventor of games like Street Soccer, CSIM, Titicaca, and more from Sawali Games. Corne is the man with the ideas and inspiration. Ronald Lokers, who is a professional developer. Ronald is the one who programs the website and the games. So, it was founded in May of 2006. It's based in the Netherlands. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. I'm not sure what the rest of the Sawali games would be, but it sounds like if he's the one that created them, we might be able to see games like Factory Fun, Aloha, Ahoy, Typo, Logistico, ZooSim, CSIM, Subalata, all those games possibly make their way onto uh, onto Master Moves. I'd love to see some of those games. I always love to see games I've never played before show up on one of these websites. Which is why, as a segue, <laughs> into the next game, which is called Mr. Jack. Mr. Jack is playable online at mrjack.baludi.de. That's M-R-J-A-C-K dot B-I-L-U-D-I dot D-E. Mr. Jack is a game where one player plays uh, Jack the Ripper and the other player plays the Inspector. Uh, there are a bunch of tokens on the board. One of them is secretly Jack. The Inspector doesn't know that. Obviously, Jack does. Jack's objective is to keep the inspector from being able to prove people innocent, essentially. And the way this is done is when one of your players is next to Jack, a witness card is played. Well, if uh, there are people who aren't next to anybody, then they must be innocent. Uh, there's also street lights that can shine on the innocents, and a number of other factors. The object of the inspector player is to figure out who is Jack and uh, land on that token and accuse the person. Uh, if you're incorrect, Jack wins. The Jack player wins. If you are correct, you win. The Jack player can also win not only by having the inspector choosing correctly, they can also win by escaping. Uh, to escape, they just need to go to one of the sides of the board that doesn't have the police cordon uh, set up, and they just escape off the board and they win because the inspector couldn't catch them. Obviously, if you see someone running, <laughs> you can chase after them, and in fact, it is possible in the game, and this happened in the first game I played, uh, since it's random which, uh, uh, which tokens you can move each turn based upon the cards drawn. It is possible for the inspector player to move the jack uh, 
character, the one the 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 one that the Jack is impersonating, onto one of the other characters in order to capture them, which uh, is quite interesting. It's pretty easy to start a game. You log in, a uh, couple languages you can choose from. You log in, um, and you sign up for a game. You go to the game section. You can either create a new game, uh, set it as an open game, random rules, whatever. And then you check the game. In fact, I've got a turn right now. I'm playing the inspector. I've only found one person innocent. I'm not doing too well. <laughs> Um, trying to figure out how I can figure out if a few more people are innocent or not. So I'm putting him on, putting one of the characters on the move to get him out of the limelight. See if I can figure out who's innocent and who's not innocent. I'm going to blink out another street light too. So... Place that street light up there. Okay. Now, no witness card. Okay. That's interesting. Hmm. Must have not moved very well. The interface, very colorful, very nicely done. Looks like direct card scans, direct board scans, direct token scans. Everything looks very professionally done. Uh, the movement of the characters, very nice. There's a nice history system where you can click back on each move and see what happened um, all the way back to the beginning of the game. Uh, the map board can be overlaid with coordinates. Uh, there's an auto-refresh feature that will keep checking to see whether or not the opponent um, uh, needs to do anything. It looks like I'm going to lose this game as well because the time is going to run out. That can also happen. It'll get away if I don't find him in time. You can comment on each move. Um, and you can undo your moves before you commit them. There is a forum for the players to post in. Announcements, question and answer, suggestions. Be aware that most of these are going to be in um, German, I think. No, it looks like they're in French. Um, so I'm not sure the predominant language. It does look like they're in French, but sometimes the responses are in English. <laughs> so that makes it a little bit uh, complicated to read. You can check different player profiles. Uh, looks like they have a number of players already. They only went online uh, April 27th. And some of them registered way before that, but they're probably um, beta testers or whatnot. It does appear there are... Um, there's no actual um, way to determine. They've got it. At least 150 players, I'd say. At least 150 players. 
it does look like they plan on more games or game types. I don't know if they're going to plan on more, uh, more different types of games off of the Belundi site or not. But it's welcome to see anybody who's creating um, more play-by-web games. So far, Mr. Jack, like I said, is the first one they have. Um, they're working on their help. sections and it looks like they may yeah Bruno Cathala which most people know not from the Mr. Jack game but from things like um, Mr. the Abbey no wait that was his partner <laughs> sorry uh, from uh, what is that Shadows Over Camelot the Days of Wonder game. That's why where I know him from, though he's also done uh, Queen's Necklace, Drake and Drake, Tony and Tino, Tina, sorry, Mission Red Planet, uh, Droles de Zebris, which is available over at Botiaju, Atlas and Zeus, a couple two-player games in there. So, so it's nice. Um, like I said, most of them I know is from. Uh, uh, Shadows over Camelot is where I really, um, really remember him from. Uh, that's Bruno Cathala, who also did, obviously, um, Mr. Jack, though I don't see it listed on his webpage, which is kind of interesting. Anyways, um, it's available. The, the publisher of the game is Hurricane Games. It, it looks like Hurricane, except it's missing the E. <laughs> uh, it's Hurricane Games, H-U-R-R-I-C-A-N games.com. And it looks like their main game is Mr. Jack, maybe the only game they have. Because uh, I really don't see any other games listed by them. Uh, extension Mr. Jack. They're going to make a expansion, it looks like, for Mr. Jack at this year's Essen. So, and they're having a contest as well. Oh, they have two other games. They have Yastari. No. They have Yastari is the publisher of that game. Hmm. That's odd. They're listing games by other publishers. That doesn't make any sense. Um, no, it looks like the only game they have is uh, Mr. Jack. Anyways, sorry about all the confusion. I looked up some of that stuff before, but not all of it. Okay. So that that's a review of uh, Mr. Jack and Master Moves, both of which I suggest you check out. Uh, Master, Mr. Jack, uh, kind of a difficult game. It's one of those deduction games. And over at MasterMoves.eu, they've got a whole bunch of games, and they look like they're going to get a whole bunch more. Uh, Floriato actually was added recently um, to their games, and so I would expect to see more coming from them shortly. 
especially if one of the uh, one of the people there is um, is a game designer. <laughs> it makes it a lot uh, a lot more interesting. So I look forward to looking at that. Though I think their web design needs to be I don't know the red and yellow is just, it, it's glaring almost. Okay. Well, I mentioned I was going to review a couple downloadable games, and that's what I'm going to do next. So if you're not interested in listening to anything about the downloadable games, then you can just uh, <laughs> turn off the podcast now. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about the reviews or want to... Uh, if you're concerned that I'm losing my mind on these reviews, send me an email at kdivine at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also go to the website at onlinegamingpodcast6.blogspot.com. Uh, I know that hasn't been updated in a little while. I'm gonna I'm working on working with some new software that'll um, update that blog automatically for me. Uh, I just I, I do the I do the uh, RSS feed and then I kind of forget about updating the blog. So I'm kind of sorry about that. What I might do is set up the blog elsewhere to just mimic the uh, the notes. We'll see what I can do with that. Anyways, uh, I'm going to go into the review on some of the downloadable um, mini type games, different styles and stuff like that. So uh, those of you who aren't listening to that, uh, I will see you next month. Those of you who do listen or who are going to listen to the next part, uh, enjoy. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. This podcast is proudly listed at the best podcasting directory on the internet, podcastpickle.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled download, already in progress. All games considered promo, take one. Carol, you max out on charisma while Chris and I play a drop of Nelson's blood. Wait, what's this in the script about a Monty Python ripoff? Mark, haven't these been done already? Well, we need some kind of gimmick. We don't need a gimmick. We just need to tell people that All Games Considered is a podcast about tabletop gaming, gamers... And gamer culture. <sighs> Gamer culture. Just go with it. Yeah. We talk about board games, role-playing games, ways to improve your game. Might even help you save a little cash with cheap gaming tips. And other little-known games people may want to try. And we can always point out neat conventions to go to. Good. Good. Keep going. And I suppose they can find that information along with the RSS feeds, Frapper Map and Forum links, and show notes on allgamesconsidered.blogspot.com. And... We're part of PEN's Gaming Podcast Network and Goblin, the Gaming Broadcast Network. Right, but how do we work the Mythic Hero's journey into that? Uh, uh, never mind. Just listen to the show. This show is part of the Gaming Podcast Network. Great podcasts exploring every aspect of gaming imaginable. So this is my review of the downloadable games. And instead of reviewing specific games, what I thought I'd do is go through the archetypes of games, what I consider the archetypes. And if you have downloaded any of these small games 
from games.yahoo, the downloadable games, or Game House, or Real Arcade, or they're available all over the place. And usually they're download, you can play for 60 minutes, and then you have to pay $20 to continue playing. Reason I call them mini games first off is because the gameplay for the games is usually around two to five hours maximum. It really makes the twenty dollars you pay for them a bit of a rip off. Most of the places that sell these try to get you into a program that's uh, you pay a monthly fee and you can have access to them either unlimited access to the games as long as you pay the monthly fee. Or you get a free game every uh, couple months or something like that. And that's probably recommended if you actually enjoy these type of games. My biggest problem with them is that they generally fall into the archetypes I'm going to, to discuss. I'm gonna, I have ten of them I'm going to talk about. And so I don't really believe that, the, that you get the value out of these games. Uh, most times the 60 minutes you're given to play the game is pretty close to what you need to have played all of the aspects of the game. Some of the games are a little bit more engaging but you drop $20 and you play the game for another hour or two you kind of feel a little robbed. Um, some games last longer than that. There are some that uh, break out of these archetypes a little bit, and they are more fun. Those are the games I'd be willing to spend $20 on. Uh, and I'll get to those in a later review, not today. Um, probably June, July, something like that. Anyways, I want to get started on the archetypes. I've named the archetypes after the first game I noticed them in. It may not have been the first game ever to use that uh game mechanic. And the first archetype is the bejeweled archetype. Essentially, match three objects on the screen to clear them. Uh, you either move the objects by swapping um, them on the screen, or you're given an object at the bottom and you need to put it, you need to shoot it up to the, um, the top. That's the bubble bobble model of this archetype. But essentially what you're trying to do is match up at least three objects and then it'll clear more objects drop down or you get a new one down at the bottom or whatever happens. And the goal is either to clear the screen, get a certain number of points, get a certain number of objects cleared. Uh, I've seen many different variations of it. Uh, but essentially the same thing. Very popular, too, because it's a very simple concept. Match three objects. How hard can this be? It gets complicated and hard, but uh, I've seen, like I said, I, I could probably rattle off at least five games that use this archetype. The next archetype, the Diner Dash archetype. You click on people, take their orders, make the orders, deliver the orders. This has become a, a popular one more recently. Essentially, the Diner Dash mod, uh, model uh, really came about by somebody who made the Diner Dash game, and it just uh, took off from there. I think there's been four Diner Dash games. Then there's uh, one with Flo, and there's Betty's Beer Barn, uh, Kathy's Caribbean Beach, 
all uh, there's uh, one with fast food. They're all essentially the same thing. People, uh, the game has characters who come in, they want a specific order. You go and make it for them. In the case of Diner Dash, uh, it's always the same stuff. Uh, in some of the other ones, there's a formula where you have to create uh, certain objects in certain order. I think there's one with magic potions uh, for wizards that are coming in, or witches, or something like that. It really varies uh, the theme, but the mechanic is pretty much the same. Uh, they progressively get harder... Uh, as you're trying to serve the customers and it's harder to do. One of the interesting takes on this I saw was one where you're a nurse at a, um, in the natal unit of a uh, hospital where you have to treat babies. It's still the same archetype. Just because you're not serving food doesn't mean that there aren't needs that need to be fulfilled by the patrons or whatnot. There's a lot of interesting things that can be done in this uh, archetype, but if it's not an archetype that you're interested in, kind of uh, falls flat. I would put, uh, what is it, uh, Pizza? It's not Pizza Tycoon, it's um, Pizza Party, Pizza Time, Pizza Pizza... There's a pizza game, and I can't remember what it is. That falls under this category, in my opinion. Uh, so, that's that archetype. Uh, Cake Mania is, an, is another big one that people might recognize that falls in, into that category. And they're not bad games. Uh, I, I like most of them have an aspect where you can upgrade to make things go faster. Diner Dash, buy better shoes, buy something for the waiting line, uh, improve the look of the counter, have a coffee machine, have a jute box, things like that. Uh, it it still has room for more improvement in that archetype, uh, and and they're working on new games. It's not bad. Again, I would hate to spend twenty dollars. Even for the sequel to Diner Dash, if I'd already played Diner Dash, it doesn't really add much. It kind of feels like here we tacked on these two extra uh, patron types. You know, the family and the person who's a really slow order but fast eater or something like that. So... Difficult to say, difficult to evaluate whether or not it's worth your money. The original Diner Dash, um, they have have a number of levels. And like I said, two to three hours to play through them, depending on how good you are and how dedicated you are to to playing the game. Does get harder as as time goes by. Upgrades make the game a little bit easier, but sometimes you'll have to play through a level quite a number of times to get through it. Okay, let's go to the next archetype so this isn't too long of a podcast. Uh, Lemonade Stand. This is an old game, but the archetype still stands. You buy supplies, you set prices, you run for a day and see what you sell. Depending on, uh, do you have enough supplies for the demand? 
usually there's some kind of indicator such as the weather or you know, some kind of market research that just tells you. Um, and your price also sometimes defines things and you get reports. Uh, newer ones might tell, newer games in this archetype might tell you uh, whether or not your price is too high uh, or your product is of low quality. I've seen a whole bunch of them. Um, this also kind of is the tycoon games. A lot of the tycoon games fall into the lemonade stand archetype. Um, you've got, let me think of some of them. Uh, Fairy Godmother Tycoon is one um, that falls into that category. That's the one I've seen most recently. You know, I had a lot of these in my head, and most of them are just right out of my head right now, and I can't remember. I had uh, I had them written down, and I can't find my notes from that day. Let me just quickly punch up a website, see if I can uh, hit some stuff up for that kind of thing. And all I'm getting is Diner Dash. <laughs> But uh, there's Fairy Godmother Tycoon. Um, uh, there's Ice Cream Ice Cream Tycoon, I think, was one of them. Uh, most of the Tycoon games fall into that category. Let's see what other Tycoons I see. A Fish Tycoon... On uh, Fairy Godmother Tycoon are the only ones I see here. Downloads. Play Tycoon games. The Breast Free Tycoon games. Okay. Um, Fairy Godmother, Fish Tycoon, School Tycoon, Cinema Tycoon, John Deere American Farmer. That's, yeah, that's definitely one. Ice Cream Tycoon, Wildlife Tycoon, Lemonade Tycoon. Should have remembered Lemonade Tycoon. They've got one that's called Prison Tycoon. I haven't played that one to see if it falls into the archetype. Played the other ones I just mentioned. Um, Coffee Tycoon, sort of, but it also sort of falls into another small archetype I wasn't going to talk about because it's small. Coffee Tycoon kind of follows the Ant War um, and Age of Castles little genre where you set a percentage of your workers in a certain uh, field and then you run the day and see what happens. You don't really buy supplies in that game and that's part of uh, a tycoon game archetype or lemonade stand is the, is the buying of supplies and seeing how it goes. Let's see. Oil Tycoon, that one. Yeah. Um, I haven't played Moon Tycoon of, or Hard Truck Tycoon. Outpost, Outpost Coloki. Now that's a fun game, but that's totally different. <laughs> okay. So those are the tycoon games. Or, as I call them, the Lemonade Stand games. Okay, next one, Breakout. 
breakout archetype. Uh, if nobody, if you, if there's somebody out there who doesn't know what breakout is, um, it's where you have a uh, a bunch of bars up at the top, and you have a ball that bounces down, and you control a little paddle down at the bottom that allows you to to ricochet the ball and go up, and you hit the bricks up at the top and break them, and you finish a level by. Uh, as the ball goes up and down, you keep moving the paddle to make sure it doesn't fall. Because if you miss it with the paddle, you lose uh, a life or a ball or whatever you want to call it. You keep bouncing until you you eliminate all the bricks up at the top. There are um, a ton of games that try to improve upon the breakout model. Uh, you get specials by breaking things. You... Uh, they do them in different ways where you eliminate things differently uh, when you bounce the ball back up. Um, or in some cases, you, you're throwing the bricks up to break other bricks and things like that. But the breakout model, uh, uh, not that many games following that model anymore, but still enough. Uh, that I would give it a, a nice archetype. Uh, going on to the next archetype, Puzzle Inlay. This was one that I first saw when I played Puzzle Inlay, or Magic Inlay, I'm not quite sure which one I played first. And essentially what you have to do is finish jigsaw, jigsaw puzzles with the pieces given. Um, the, the common one was you would put pieces into a puzzle and they would form a shape and then the shape when you finished it would would show a piece of art or an animal or something like that and that one is just simply putting the puzzle pieces in where they fit this also um translates across to um there was one with toys where you had to put the right toys in people's carts and they were just certain shapes, and you put them together until they filled up the cart. In that case, uh, most of them were kind of Tetris shapes. The L, the square, and you had to fit them into a cart. I put that in the puzzle inlay archetype because you're still trying to complete a jigsaw puzzle with pieces given. You rotate the pieces. Uh, there's usually some way you can throw out a piece because you've got a a set area where the pieces sit and if none of them if you can't use any of them you you have to move the line along or you can't get any new pieces to continue uh there have been some interesting ones in this category i think there was one called adventure inlay or something like that where you completed the puzzles to defeat monsters and you leveled up your character and a whole bunch. Uh, there was an RPG element involved, and in it. it was it was quite intriguing. Uh, the next one I I would go is what I call hide and seek. I couldn't remember the first game I played that actually used this archetype, but it was essentially, um, I guess what I said, a hide and seek type game, where you're presented with a screen with a whole bunch of stuff in the background and you're supposed to find certain objects. 
Um, kind of like a Where's Waldo-like thing uh, in, in which you're given a list of items to find in the picture, and you click on them when you find them or whatnot. And there are a whole bunch of these type of games. Uh, the most recent one I played was Little Shop of Treasures. Um, there was Magic Academy, Hide and Secret, the Mystery Case Files was a popular one. Um, and you're just you just are looking to find the pieces uh, of of whatever. Uh, there have been a number of other ones that are these kind of hide and seek, uh, Mysteryville, Huntsville. Um, yeah, I'm reading a bunch of them down as I'm passing by them. Uh, it's it's actually a quite a popular one right now, even though personally I find them somewhat frustrating. There was one that was a it was about celebrity paparazzi was another one where you just eat you you were trying to find the pieces of you know different things linking different things together yada 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 it's it's interesting uh if you like that kind of you know spotting objects in different locations finding hidden objects basically uh, so that's the what I called hide and seek. Next one is pipeline, uh, where you put pieces in a puzzle to connect to let water or something pass through. Um, I've seen it done that way. There's also one where you have to uh, put track to let a train go through and hit the right things. Um, there was another one where you have to build up a tree so that it reaches the top. Um, but essentially pipeline. You're trying to keep it going. You're given certain pieces. You place those pieces. It's similar to the puzzle inlay um, in, that, in that way that it's a puzzle that you're trying to connect pieces, but not entirely like that. Uh, the next one I'll go with is Word Games. Now, Word Games is kind of an ambiguous one. Uh, I, I didn't really have a good word game to go with. Um, I was trying to think of possibly the first word game I played as a downloadable game. It would probably be Bookworm. And essentially you're just linking letters, putting them together. There's also things like Scrabble um, uh, and Word Womp was a popular one where you're just you're given a bunch of letters and you just have to make as many words as you can out of them. Um, but word games kind of is an archetype even though there are different ways of playing them. Eh, they all pretty much come down to the same. Uh, you're spelling words. <laughs> That's pretty much how a word game works is you spell out words and uh there's not too much more to it. However, I've seen uh, a number of adventure ones, and the most recent one, Bookworm Adventures, actually has some role-playing aspects. You gain levels that give you more hit points to fight the the monsters in the game. You get gems, and you can use special items uh, that you choose 
that you choose before you um, fight through a level. So maybe you'll pick the weapon that gives you more power if you use X, Y, and Z in your words. Uh, It's a very interesting take on the word game strategy, so... Um, they're looking to expand that archetype and uh, bring in some other genres. So I'm looking forward to those. Word games are um, sometimes quite fun. The next uh, archetype is Mahjong. Uh, This is not the actual game of Mahjong, but the put a whole bunch of tiles down and match them and remove them. Uh... It's it's a great way to pass time. Not all the puzzles are completable, but it's amazing how many takes on Mahjong games there are. Uh, just looking at this one website, uh, games2download.com, there are 24 different Mahjong games. And I think they're just... I mean, it's tile matching. There's nothing much to it. So I was kind of like, well, that's all well and good, but it needs to have something more, in my opinion. Uh, The last archetype I wanted to talk about were solitaire games. That's a solitaire card games. Um, Just your your run-of-the-mill different card games. There's a whole bunch of solitaire out there. Tri-Peaks, Aloha. Um, yeah, Tri-Peaks is a pretty popular one. I've seen two or three of those. Um, and there's just a bunch of solitaires out there. And the they'll try it a little different here or there, but it's all solitaire in the, game, in the end. So are there... Um, are there ones I missed in these archetypes? Of course. And you can email me at kdivine at yahoo.com and let me know if you think there are some other archetypes that I missed when I was talking about these. Or you can just not bother. <laughs> but um, that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at... I'm looking at The Apprentice Los Angeles, and it looks like a diner dash archetype. Prepare food, manage your assistants, and control your inventories. It can be for a dream job with Donald Trump. It's either, it sounds either that or it's a tycoon game. So, I mean, even though it's an action game, you're kind of like, well, hmm, that's, you know, sounds like something else. Now, the games that fall outside of these archetypes are usually the ones that I'm more interested in. Um, Though some of them end up falling into um, the the trap of not being, uh, not having enough depth, I think is the problem with these games, to pay $20. They're not bad for uh, maybe $10. I think that they wouldn't be too bad. But at $20, they seem to be, uh, you seem to need to have a little bit more uh, investment in them. And I just, I don't see it because Pizza Frenzy, that was the one I was trying to remember before. They they don't have enough, 
like I said, enough depth to keep you engaged for that long. Even if they have multiple levels where they get a little bit harder each level, you're still essentially doing the same thing. So what I was looking for were games that the adventure actually changes as you get later in the game. And I've, I've seen that in some of them, where, you, where it gets a little bit different as you get further along in the game. But not entirely. So, yes. yeah, I was right about The Apprentice. It says, if you like this game, try Diner Dash and Cake Mania, meaning it's pretty much the same as those. Um... People enjoy these games. Uh, the the find the hidden stuff very popular. Um, the the tycoon games not as popular. The diner dash ones pretty popular. Um, but seriously, anything outside of those realms is going to be um, where I'm going to focus my attention. It's why I go after the online play-by-web board games because they are they're more varied um, they, they they don't have you know any kind of depth beyond the first level because they're just a board game uh, it, it, ha- it is what it is if you play Monopoly it's Monopoly that's why I'm surprised some people will pay $20 to download Monopoly because there really isn't anything different about it. It's Monopoly. Um, maybe it's 3D graphics. Maybe, you know, the car goes vroom vroom when it moves, but I, I don't see much of a difference. Oh, that's interesting. The game of life. Uh, I seriously doubt it has the stock market, which is what made the game kind of interesting back in its heyday. Let's see if it has anything nifty. Eh, doesn't look like it. Oh well. Might be worth downloading anyways. So, that's my um, kind of overview of downloadable games. I might go into um, maybe five or ten games that I enjoy the downloads and I think might be worth your time and money in checking out in the next podcast. Like I said, that'll be June 4th or so. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I found a couple more play-by-web sites. I'm going to try maybe some of the interactive ones, maybe some more Brett Spielwelt. If I can get a game on there, it's a little bit hard because I have trouble getting the time to do it, but... Uh, We'll see how it goes. And, uh, well, um, I thank you for listening to this long talk about downloadable games. And I hope to see you when I come back in June. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, if you know of a website that you'd love for me to review that deals with online board gaming or even um, online games at all, Send me an email, kdevine at yahoo.com, K-D-E-V-I-N-E at yahoo.com, 
or go to onlinegamingpodcast6.blogspot.com. Leave a comment up there, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's online gaming podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or email kdivine at yahoo.com.